Hello, and welcome to another episode of Special Advising, the podcast, No Parent Left Behind, the show that speaks to parents and caregivers on topics related to the world of special needs and special education. If you crave knowledge, support, and a dash of different, then you've come to the right place. I'm Mark, and I have over 30 years of experience teaching kids and now coaching parents, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this podcast can inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, and outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children. Always keep you and your mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health in mind. Health in these areas will allow you to be all you hope to be for them. Today's episode is centered on the idea that involving your special needs children in activities after school and beyond school that you might not imagine to be realistic options for them because of their perceived limitations is exactly the right thing that can broaden their experience and uncover the potential waiting for an opportunity. There is more than meets the eye. Using my personal experience and observations as producer of school plays and director of a drama club, I will present the advantages I observed in the extracurricular involvement for children with differing abilities. Afterwards, stay tuned for special needs trivia and my good news community share where you'll hear some positive news happening in the world of special needs and special education. So get ready to release those expectations and open yourself to another win. My involvement in theater at my school was made possible with the support and trust of my school's administration. For that, I am eternally grateful because of the added dimension to my teaching experience it afforded me, and I couldn't have dreamed of the difference it could make for my students. For 27 of the 30 years teaching at my school, I was entrusted with the reins to produce an annual spring play. I had been acting in my free time when I first began at the school and for several years until I was about 30 years old. I guess in the eyes of the administration, that gave me my bona fides. However, I had never directed anyone before, and in that first year, I was fortunate enough to co-produce and direct with another staff member, my friend Connie. We stumbled through and leaned on one another to guide our kids through a series of skits and song and dance numbers. It was a kick. I enjoyed the difference it brought to my typical work day, and it gave me extra purpose, tasking me with not only direction and production, but management of volunteer staff. I wasn't close to the mindful person I would eventually become regarding my place in this process, and there were a lot of bumps and lessons along the way. Ultimately, it was the lesson about what the show really was in relation to its impact on my students that has stuck with me to this day. As a young man, beyond seeing the smiles on the kids' faces and trying to get the best out of them, I wasn't thinking how a spring play might help to shape the students' confidence in ways that could transfer to other areas of their lives. Time would reveal a plethora of insights, and I would soon come to see that not only were these kids hams, but they were being shaped in one way or another by their involvement, and it was beautiful. Over the years, I saw student after student who faltered and struggled in the classroom and in daily life raise their level on the night of a performance to such a place that they would transcend their disability and expose gifts that repeatedly blew my mind. Show after show, I was gradually being inducted into a consciousness that unveiled the real purpose of this extracurricular happening. Aside from the obvious fun and fanfare, this acting thing was more than a throwaway, one-night memory. 
It had the ability to influence lasting self-confidence and personal growth that could literally change the student's self-perception, improve social skills, increase awareness of others, and even raise classroom performance. In a research paper entitled Drama as a Strategy for the Social Development of Students with Special Needs by Max Smith, he supports the use of drama in curriculum, which for me suggests a way of tapping into a child's hidden abilities and forms of expression that can lay dormant and isolated by the traditional approach to teaching of the usual suspect academics in a way that is unrelatable and therefore unmotivating to the student. He proposes that if teachers can incorporate activities such as drama, student integration will occur and social development will enhance. Drama can help students in the areas of social development and self-esteem. I would supplement this with what I observed as the direct impact this involvement can have for children in the academic arena. I often use drama, live story and reenactments, and movie making in the classroom with my students as the actors, with great results. From helping them to reinforce and internalize the story itself, to imbuing confidence in their work and discovering a newly raised level of interest and performance in the areas of reading, math, vocabulary, all things I observed. Now this wasn't across the board. Every student has different strengths. But what was common to most was a greater sense of community and belonging, an increased level of confidence and a range of improvements in communication. When the students succeeded on the stage, they were excited, as most anyone might be, to talk about it. While I can recall so many stories of personal growth, four revelatory individual exploits stand out for me to this day. The first, an 11-year-old student who, for all intents and purposes, showed little sign of comprehension through all forms of communication. I remember letting him play with my guitar in the classroom and watching as he came to life pretending to play it. It inspired me to bestow upon him one of the main characters in an ensuing year's show. Now this boy could not read, he could barely write, and he seemed to at times be absent when engaging him directly. But give him a guitar or put him on the stage and he came to life. In no time he was commanding rehearsals, working hard with his classroom teacher and speech teacher to memorize his lines, and on the night of the show received a standing ovation for his performance. He beamed with pride and his family members were beside themselves with joy. Perhaps for the first time they saw him in a whole new light, with potential that they may never have imagined. In the coming years he became very popular socially, his self-confidence abounded, his comedic timing and humor grew, and his schoolwork improved greatly. Mr. Personality and his family recognized the play and subsequent roles in plays as a switch that turned on his power. The second student was a medically fragile, shy 12-year-old with a generous heart and curious mind. She struggled greatly with her memory, and although she wanted to be on stage, she had a tendency to freeze. However, that didn't stop her from wanting to try. As long as we believed in her and gave her time and space, she didn't give in to her fears. For the night of her final show before graduation, she asked if she could introduce the show and say some words about her dad. He was in the service and hadn't been home for a while, and was to be in attendance on show night. Who was I to deny her? When the time came, and with the words hanging from her tongue and pulsing on her hands to sign, she froze. A spotlight exposed her soul as an audience of 200 people witnessed her worst fear coming true. With all formality out the window, I sat down next to this vulnerable child 
and began talking to her as if we were the only two in the room. This was real life, and it was happening for the world to see. As she fought through her tears, she expressed what was happening for her and, and listened as I reassured her and let her decide what she wanted to do. She had been so overcome by the emotion of the moment that she couldn't move. But as the will is strong, my MC would prevail. She stood up and completed what she wanted to say, to the amazement of the tearful crowd and her proud father. She cried through it all and then later laughed and felt like she had conquered the world. In the years following, she spoke of that night and how proud she felt for having pulled through to overcome her fears to honor her father. Her confidence grew and she seemed less easy to ruffle. My third student was a troubled, socially immature 11-year-old. He lived with a sick dad and his financially strapped family. He craved the stage. This was a boy whose classroom behaviors often got him into trouble and academic performance put him behind his peers. He wanted so badly to be loved by adults and liked by his classmates, but he just didn't have it within him to know how to stop trying and just to be. He pushed too hard and joked inappropriately, so the other kids saw him at times as a pariah, which left him wanting. Over time, my approach to these shows changed dramatically from wanting them to be solid productions with more capable actors to wanting to assist struggling students discover their higher self. I gave him the lead in that year's show in hopes that his love for acting would work some magic for him. And, as if ordered up, he rose to the occasion. He was possibly the best male actor I directed in all of those years. He was committed, worked hard, and knew his lines. He owned the stage. This story impresses, however, on two levels. The, the part about him performing on the stage and the self-realization that occurred for him, and then what transpired for him following his stellar performance. In the audience that night sat his entire family, including his sick father. His family had no idea of the potential and talent that this boy had. They knew him for his all-giving smile, his silliness, and his good heart. But that night, they were transported to a, a new realization. In awe of the person dominating that stage, they found a strong individual. He was greeted by tears, hugs, smiles, and mouths agape. But even more moving, and the thing that still causes me chills, is that within a year, his dad would lose his vision from his illness. It struck me that, if not for this opportune event, he might never have known what his son was capable of attaining. He wouldn't have seen his boy triumph. For his family, this was a gift that humbled me in the presence of its enormity. The last example I'd like to share is of a student who was about 11 or 12 years old at the time. This incredible human being was legally blind and deaf. He couldn't read without support, and his retention for vocabulary and comprehension of subject matter and interpersonal communication was limited at best and non-existent at times. He was shy and quiet, except for when someone bothered him. He would stand up for himself, and I admired that. On its face, one would not think my friend to be an ideal candidate to play the lead on stage, but if I had learned nothing, I now knew that it was probably more important to roll the dice, encourage, and discover the potential inside of these kids. So I went with him, and lo and behold, an acting monster emerged. He took to the stage like a fish to water, and his grasp of the story, its scenes, the dialogue, and the stage blocking was off the charts. Not only did he eventually know all of his own lines, this boy, who could not remember sight words in the classroom, knew everyone's lines and their blocking. And then, on the night of the show, the front spotlights blew out. 
a potential disaster for anyone, but especially for this boy whose vision was severely impaired, to have to negotiate the darker sections of the stage. But without missing a beat, he overcame it. He knew his blocking so well that he traversed each scene effortlessly. No one could tell that his vision was compromised. That's how locked in he was. And after the show, his family couldn't hold back their joy. As with the previous student, they had witnessed their son and brother exhibit a talent, wit, and charm that was previously not evidenced by even a hint. It would seem unimaginable. They cried and showered him with love. And the next year, with a much smaller role to play and fewer lines, this boy who never voluntarily looked at a book during my time knowing him, walked the playground at recess, script in hand, studying his lines over and again. He was literally reborn and his confidence soared, and it lasted into high school and now beyond. It was truly an awakening within him. My time as producer and director led to an opportunity to lead an after-school drama club where all the kids had a chance to explore as much as they wanted. It was a great extension of the play process and gave those with an affinity for it more time to stretch themselves. In a peer-reviewed abstract entitled Participation in Extracurricular Activities, a Boon for Children with Special Needs, Sekri Anurada from the Journal on Educational Psychology said, Participation of children with disabilities in sports and cultural activities programs promotes physical, emotional, and social well-being. Co-curricular activities can make a huge difference in a life of children with special needs. These activities can enhance learning while offering ways for students to express themselves and explore their strengths. Out of home, to the resource room, irrespective of their disability, to the playground, on the stage, facing the teachers, peers, and at times the general public, also showing their talents, academic, and sporting prowess speaks volumes of the overall development of children with special needs. Participation in cultural programs and curricular activities is a source of inspiration and development of self-confidence. Behavior which cannot be inculcated through academic activities can be developed through co-curricular activities and other recreational programs. From study.com, extracurricular activities can enhance special education students' learning while offering ways for students to express themselves and explore strengths that are not as valued during the school day. After-school activities at school or in your community, such as drama, music, dance, sports, gaming, or other special interest clubs, horseability, yoga, music therapy, visual art, photography, volunteering, proms for teens, school spirit events, and so much more. Structured programs are probably going to produce better results for your child, so that's something to keep in mind. Just open up your heart and mind and give space for discovery. From VeryWellFamily.com Often parents undervalue after-school activities for their special needs children. They may be more focused on their child's academics or therapies or feel that there just isn't time or money to bother with extracurriculars. While this attitude is understandable, there's a good chance you'll be robbing your child of opportunities that could make a major positive difference in their life. Regardless of learning disabilities, social issues, or speech delays they may be dealing with, that doesn't mean that your child can't run like the wind, draw like Picasso, or be a successful Girl Scout. Check out special needs community calendars in your area for social activities you might want to share with your child. An organization like HUG, Help Us Gather, in Florida, is all about bringing people together. HUG connects children, teens, and adults with disabilities to businesses and organizations in the community that offer free or inexpensive activities specifically designed for individuals with special needs. HUG offers also virtual events. 
look to see if something like Hug exists where you are. I'll research and post whatever I find to help make your search easier on my resource page. Avail your child and yourself to risk success in order to attain growth. There is something to gain in every endeavor, no matter how big or small. We cannot know what can and can't be gained without exposure to the many opportunities this life has to offer. It's all unknown. Let no limitations stop you and your child from being a part of this world. We all come with flaws. We are all challenged. And yet, we all can. And now it's trivia time. Ba-da-ba-da. Question number one. All are under the category of very low incidence disabilities, except A. Cerebral palsy. B. Multiple severe disabilities. C. Deaf blindness. Or D. Traumatic brain injury. Question number two. Which one is a characteristic of multiple severe disabilities? A. Limited speech or communication. B. Difficulty in basic physical mobility. C. Tendency to forget skills through disuse. Or D. All of the above. The answers will be posted on my community share page on my website. Good luck. Today's Good News Community Share comes from Abilities.com. Creative expression knows no limits with Zot Arts. When that old English playwright said the pen was mightier than the sword, it's safe to assume that he'd never considered the paintbrush. Both artist and engineer Dwayne Zot has leveraged his natural creative and mechanical abilities to launch Zot Arts Arts for All, an organization whose mission is to bring art and the myriad of benefits that come from creative self-expression to children and adults with disabilities. Zot Arts has created a line of innovative assistive technology products, some of which can transform a person's mobility device into tools that can create huge brush or chalk strokes. There are also pogo paint poles, handheld rollers, sponge templates, and other devices to ensure accessibility on a broad scale. Through their services, programs, art tools, and supplies, Zot Arts has opened the doors for individuals of all abilities to creatively express themselves. Zot's approach is a bit different from others who serve the community. Rather than finding ways for people with disabilities to participate in activities for non-disabled people, we create entirely new activities and projects for people with disabilities and invite those without disabilities to join in, he said. It's all fun and games, but at the same time, each person is adding to their individual skill set. Zot artists are developing greater physical dexterity and motor skills as well as improving their social interactions. They are honing their powers of concentration and ability to stay on task. They are refining sensory input processes and building self-esteem. But, most of all, they are having a blast. Zot credits his life's work to his experience growing up in a foster home with two siblings who had cerebral palsy. He saw firsthand the challenges that they and others with disabilities in their home faced and gained considerable respect for their efforts and triumphs. 
He went on to pursue an advanced degree in fine art where his course of study wove his two passions, art and mechanical design, together. As he designed and built machines that extended his own artistic vision to huge surfaces, he never forgot about his foster brother and sister. Why couldn't they make a mark like him? The inspired result was the design and production of the very first painting wheelchair, and the rest, well, it's history. This assistive technology transforms wheelchairs into huge paintbrushes or chalk drawers, creating large or small works of art, indoors and out. For more than two decades, Zot Arts has created hundreds of special art events around the world and helped schools, museums, residential and day centers, independent living centers, park and recreational programs, and others put the art tools to work in their programs. The artists that benefit from Zot Arts range from preschoolers to seniors and include a wide range of disabilities, physical, hearing, visual, behavioral, learning, and developmental. Specific conditions include cerebral palsy, autism, muscular dystrophy, cystic fibrosis, injuries, spinal bifida, congenital disabilities, and many more. I encourage you to go to their website and check them out. Take a look at that wheelchair and what they do with it. It's really an amazing feat. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you. It's an honor to have you tune in and a pleasure to share with you. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at specialedrising and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like the show, please let me know by leaving a review at the bottom of the podcast or subscribe, and tell a friend. You can contact me directly with questions through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com, and let me know what you'd like to learn more about. And in this episode, if you hear some birds chirping in the background, it's because I think a mommy had some, had some babies in there living just above my window outside my studio, and so it's a little bit tough to get rid of the sound. <laughs> so I hope that you can uh, just tolerate, you tolerate that. Um, and until next time, peace and keep rising. Mm-hmm.